cross the stream. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the stream was bad. Cross the Streams podcast, Kip Ione here, intro and for you, the next 20 minutes is addition on the drive, which you're used to, part of our Cross the Streams podcast library, love to do these addition on the drives, Kip and Kane Ione, where you get about 15, 20 minutes of something you can listen to from us on your way to work, when you're stuffing traffic, or when you're going to the grocery store and back, this one's a shotgun version, because Kane and I had to get together and talk about a simple sports uh, thing that went down this week, LeBron James, the King going to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers. Premier franchise in all of professional sports. Kane called me from his road trip with his wife and his daughter to Montana and said, get on Twitter now. Check out the contract. Check out the deal. LeBron's a Laker. We got to talk about it as soon as we possibly can. So we got on the podcast today while he was driving in the mountains of Montana. Banged out about 20, 25 minutes today for you on Edition on the Drive. Hope you like it. Cross the streams. LeBron's a Laker. Kane and I wanted to get on and just dive into the king in purple and gold. Kane, you go ahead. You start it off because it's it's tight. It's a tidal wave of stuff happening because of LeBron. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was everyone was on pins and needles, obviously all weekend long, waiting to see where the king would end up. The NBA, first and foremost, does an, an unbelievable job of making themselves relevant throughout the season in off season. Yep. Like they everyone is talking about the NBA right now and the season's been over for what, a month now? Yep. And we have had the NBA draft, now it's the free agency and the king obviously has been the guy that everyone wanted to know where he would end up. Yep. And so to find out that the dude ends up in LA with the Lakers, the story franchise, the LA Lakers who again and everyone out there probably should know at this point in time that our entire family are, are Lakers fans, minus myself. And then Kip kind of jumped away from it. I sure did. I jumped off the ship. Jumped off of it as soon as they traded Shaq, and, and they went with Kobe instead of Shaq. And has never forgiven them since. Or yeah. never forgiven them up until this point, I guess you Right. Say. No, that's absolutely um, accurate. So I was disappointed. I, feel <laughs> I, I was just. I knew it was a possibility and a heavy possibility. Like everybody, all the talking heads out there had been pointing at LA as, as his potential landing zone. And I just kept trying in my own mind, trying to figure out ways in which I could defute it or refute it in my own head. Yeah. Like, no way. He, why would he go there? Why would he go to LA? They don't have a great squad. I know they're young and they've got some young, talented players, but that they still aren't going to compete if it's just him going there. And yet, yesterday, it all came true. Yep. And LeBron is in the purple and gold, and I couldn't be more disappointed. <laughs> um, I was hoping, I was hoping that maybe he ended up in in um, so many different other places. Like I really actually wanted him to stay in Cleveland. I thought, yeah. dude, stay in Cleveland. Somehow they work out a deal and they get Kawhi in Cleveland or they got Paul George in Cleveland or they got somebody to give him help in Cleveland. But he stayed in Cleveland and ended his career uh, in Cleveland fighting to, to uh, get another chipper for the land. But amazingly enough, Magic Johnson somehow pulls off a Showtime 
miracle and ended up with LeBron. And, and then all of a sudden, all these other moves start coming out immediately after. Yes. And so I'll let you uh, kind of do your deal as far as what your initial thoughts were. Yep. But again, I was extremely disappointed. And then we'll dive into a little bit of all these other moves that they're, that they're making. The, the first thing I would say is I felt like, and Kane and I had just talked about this in Seattle with our wives when we described how I used to go to school from about fifth grade through seventh grade in in head to toe Laker paraphernalia, whether it was a you know the fishnet hats, the snapbacks, but it had a cloth front and it was some version of Lakers. I had at least ten different Magic shirts, Magic Johnson shirts that were you know the big head with the skinny body or just plain old nineteen eighty eight graphics where they just slap Magic on a shirt and even if it's highlighted in green, Kip's wearing it. I had so you had many. Sw- you had the I did. I had the audacity back then to argue with you that the Magic Converse was a better <laughs> shoe than the Jordan, and I think the Magic Converse lasted for about three years, and the Jordan's <laughs> still no going. Much, buddy. No, no one wants to bring up the fact that those Magic Converse shoes look eerily similar to the first Lonzo Ball shoe. Oh, please don't! Please Dude, don't. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Just terrible. They are. No one wants to bring that up. No, they don't. And I had the Magics, um, and I had it took my good my, our good friend Aaron Gallinger from the Bear Tooth Elementary days, our first day at Castle Rock Middle School, look at me on the hallway and go, "Yo, I'm not walking to class with you." And I was like, "What? Why? Because you're wearing sweats in junior high, man. Girls don't like that." <laughs> And I was like, well, the girls can go to hell. I'm repping the Lakers. Uh, and I, 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 yes, and it was tough for Kane because Pops, obviously, growing up in L.A., Mom adopted the Lakers immediately with Dad. I was a Laker fanatic. I'm, you remember the Western Conference Finals against the Kings? We were watching it in a place, and Kane, Kane and my wife were the only ones cheering for the Kings. And Bob Ori hit that game four shot to tie it at the buzzer. And you two had to watch three adults run around a living room like they just won the lottery. I think there was tears. There was a lot of fist bumps. But, you know, my Laker fandom eroded slightly when they traded one of my all-time favorites, Eddie Jones, to make room for Kobe to start. Which, in hindsight, is one of the greatest decisions ever, right? However, I'm a loyal dude. And I loved all-star Eddie Jones number six with the Lakers. So I kind of slipped just a notch. But then when they traded Shaq after the Pistons beat him in five games in 04, Kip was out. I announced it on College college Kids Only Facebook then. I told you. <laughs> it took Mom a decade to realize I didn't cheer for the Lakers anymore. But then when, the King, when you called me yesterday and said the King was back, that sweats, braces face, double Coke glasses, Kip, with Laker fandom, he was back. He jumped through me. I ordered a jersey last night. It'll be here next week. I'm back. I'm 100% in. Mom and Dad sent me pictures. I put them up on my Twitter, at Kip Ion. I put them up on Facebook of Dad dug out all my Lakers gear that they... Hey, what does that say about our parents when they haven't thrown that away? And I didn't haven't worn that since 1992. But there it was... There it was. Oh my god, dude! 
I'll, I will grab all your Lakers Showtime posters, Magic Johnson Please posters. Please do. Yes. Over the course of this week, and I'll collect them and send them your way. Please do. And we'll now. post them. Take some pictures. We'll post them across the streams uh, on Twitter for everybody to see. Because I don't want people to say, oh, Kip, you're just jumping. Well, I'm following LeBron there. Absolutely. But I'm coming home. Yeah. You know, the old Puffy song. With the two girls in the desert, doesn't make any sense because they never walk into a home, but it's called coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And you you can go. <laughs> Here is one thing that instantly crossed my mind as we were driving through the little pass on our way to Helena, Montana, and the news had just broke. I, w- I could not wait to get on social media, and specifically my Facebook page, and scroll through and look at every single one of the LeBron haters, who there is a majority of them are Kobe Bryant. Yes, great point. And they, they just hate LeBron. They yep. hate the fact that LeBron stole Kobe's thunder at the coach kind of uh, was it mid two thousands? Yep. When it was supposed to be Kobe's NBA, and here comes young LeBron slowly but surely stealing the throne from him. And they have never forgiven him. Ever. And now, all of a sudden, they have to root for LeBron. Right. I've got a good, uh, uh, one of our coaches that I used to coach for, Justin Gaines is his name. And he is the biggest Lakers fan beyond, except for our family. <laughs> he is one of the bigger Lakers fans I've ever met. He's also one of the biggest bandwagon fans I've ever met. <laughs> but the guy is a Kobe lover and the biggest LeBron hater in the history of LeBron haters, haters minus Skip Bayless. Yeah. This guy texts me every time LeBron loses in the NBA Finals. I can count on a text from Justin Gaines coming saying how, how terrible LeBron is, how he'll never be Kobe, he'll never be MJ, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I could not wait to hear or see that text from, from Justin Gaines. And sure enough, within five minutes of the news cracking or the news coming out, I get a text from Justin Gaines saying, I love LeBron. I can't wait for him to win. <laughs> And just completely sold himself out. He even admitted he, he said, "You know what? I'm, I'm a sellout. I'm, I will, I will admit it. But I love the Lakers. I want to see the Lakers win." Hey, I um, respect and- that because in the in the wake of new information, right? So I was a Laker hater. In the wake of new information, I have changed yeah. my mind. Coach Gaines, yeah. in the wake of new information, which is just the number twenty three purple and gold, and the black jersey yeah. version that I ordered is sick. That says James oh, on the back. Yeah. He changed yeah. his mind. Yes, that is going to be big time. That is going to be big time. Uh, and, and again, I um, I couldn't wait to see all that. I couldn't wait to see all the banter on Twitter, on social media, on Facebook, everything. Uh, I love seeing Kobe text. Yes. Uh, sending out the tweet, uh, welcoming LeBron in open arms, even though in my mind, I truly think he just sent that out there. It, it, it's just that, you know, He's putting a, a, a good image out there. I guarantee in the back of his mind, he's going, oh, I want to see this dude fail. Yes. I want to see him fail Yes, because I don't want to see him steal my legacy as a Laker yep. either. And I, I and I think that's I don't think you're I think you're 100 percent accurate because one thing those Kobe lunatics will always tell you is that Kobe's such a tougher competitor and a cutthroat, knock you in the yeah. face guy, right? So there is oh, no way. Killer. Yeah, killer. he's a killer. The Mamba mentality. There is no way that the Mamba mentality has any gospel that says embrace somebody coming to take your throne. There's no way. <laughs> no way. And you know, all Kobe no has way. left, 
because Kobe's never going to be better than Jordan because he's his copy, right? And he's been exactly. pushed behind uh, LeBron. And like the last five years, Laker world has been willing to say Kobe's a, the greatest Laker ever over Magic. And Kobe's kind of sat there, right? But what if LeBron wins two titles? Is Kobe going to lose that thing too and be number two in that as well? There's no way Kobe's happy. No, yeah. You're exactly right as far as this. the Mamba mentality would not allow him to root for that. There is no part of his body or his mind that is going to allow for that to happen. Yeah. Or, or want that to happen. He Obviously, he has nothing to do with allowing or not allowing it. But it's, he doesn't want to see that happen. He can't in his, his heart of hearts root for LeBron to bring home a couple of rings to L.A. over the course of this however many years that he's able to finish his career here. Right. He finished his career. The, you know what? I, I think you, you brought it up earlier. Or is the media playing it up, or do you think it, it was, you know, 50, 60, 70% of LeBron's decision was magic at his door at 9.01 p.m.? And I love magic. Don't get me wrong. Do you think that yeah. was truly where it happened, or was that just cementing the deal? <laughs> that, to me, is just cementing the deal. To me, LeBron had already, LeBron's a smart dude. Yeah. LeBron knows what he wants, knows what, what uh, he's got things figured out. He knows what is a good decision, what's a bad decision when it comes to his career. And I think Magic showing up at his place, there was no, I have to look you eye to eye. There was no, like, Magic in Magic's eyes that sealed the deal. Right. It was simply a good gesture gesture on Magic's part to show up and and finish it in person as opposed to over the floor. Uh, Skype or FaceTime or whatever, and it, that's just good practice. That's just good business practice. Yep. There, that was, to me was not. LeBron had made up his mind when he went to the, the whatever the cave that he went to or the castle, the decision making castle, whatever he was calling it. Yeah. The little getaway that he was at, um, and he made up his mind then and there. Yep. With his people and with his family, uh, he sat down, laid it out, did his process, and showed up in LA. It was like, let's do this thing. Yep. Magic just went over and sealed the deal. Yep, and I, I think people are, I 100% agree with you. And I, I respect Magic's business acumen. You know, I, th- I heard a funny stat that Magic only made $30 million as a player, and now he's worth yeah. like $720 million. So obviously Magic knows what the hell he's doing in business. So I, I don't disagree with what people are saying. And like you're saying, that Magic, that was a good business decision. But I doubt that when he walked in the room, LeBron was like, ah, you know, I think I'm going to go back to Cleveland. And Magic spun yeah. his magic, and 10 minutes later, LeBron changed his mind. <laughs> no, that did not happen. The other thing that I want to kind of put out there again is, is this notion that LeBron went to L.A. because of the Hollywood connections and the, and the better business connections that he'll have post-career. Yeah. I want to go ahead and put a, a, a just bullshit comment on that. <laughs> LeBron James is already worth however much outside of basketball. Yeah. The dude doesn't, he could be in Billings, Montana and make just as many business connections from Billings, Montana or Big Sky, the Big Sky Resort in, <laughs> in, uh, in Montana. He could make business deals from there. Yeah. He doesn't need to be in LA in order to make a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's in today's world in the, in being connected any way you need to be from wherever you want to be. Give me a break. Agreed. You don't need to do that. Yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> digital world. Yeah, it's a di- it's not like he's selling his house in Cleveland and will never step foot there. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. This hey, is stupid. What do you think now, and we can dive into this for the next couple minutes, what about the roster the Lakers are putting together around him? As a Laker yeah. fan now, I would love this team to beat the Warriors. Oh, man, I would love it. I don't think it's going to happen. But and what I'm talking about is the Lakers, immediately after signing LeBron, they signed Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. He of KCP yep. nickname, and I wore a house arrest ankle bracelet monitor in three home <laughs> games. They signed yeah. JaVale McGee, who had, you and I talked about, two great finals games and a history of clown games. And then today they signed Rajon Rondo. So they have renounced Julius Randle to clear up cap room. So what? Oh, I'm sorry. I, how can I leave out that they signed Lance Stevenson? Yeah, I was going to say the big one is Lance yeah, Stevenson. That if there is a LeBron foil in the league, it's I blew in his ear Lance Stevenson. Are you, if you're Luke Walton today, boy, you better get ready for a pink slip about mid-season if you don't find a way to mesh those loons with the greatest player in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I'll get to Luke Walton here in a second, but I, I really like the Lance Stevenson move. I think, if, and, I, and again, I think LeBron, you have to ask LeBron first and foremost, if you're going to go after Lance Stevenson, yeah. you don't get after him, knowing the history that those two have. Right. So I'm pretty sure LeBron had to sign off on that and go, yeah, I, I would love to play with that guy because he's a, he's a loon, but if he's with me, he's my loon. Uh, that's a good and point. This is very similar to MJ and Dennis Rodman. Dennis yeah. Rodman and, and MJ had a history when Rodman was at the, with the bad boys, and all of a sudden Chicago brings them in, and next thing you know, they win three titles. Yeah. Uh, and then you talk about JaVale McGee, who who I think if you give this guy a role, like the Warriors gave him a role, he's not bad. Right. If you give, if you play him more than 15 or 20 minutes, now you're you're asking for trouble. You're asking for him to constantly be on Shaq and a fool, yeah. just like he always has been. And so it's <laughs> it's funny to me to see the, the squad that is being put together, but I think LeBron is a guy that can bring all those guys together yeah. and make sure that they are playing as, as, a, as a unit and not just this band of idiots. That have been strung together. You know there uh, I is, Rondo, and I think I think the Rondo move is like, yeah, here's a guy that is not afraid of anybody yeah. in the league as far as point guards are concerned, including Steph Curry, including Chris Paul, including any other point guard in the West that you may throw at this dude. He's not afraid of him. He'll right. compete his ass. He yeah. knows he's got championship pedigree. He's been he's been in the chipper. He's been in the title game. He's won a title. He knows how to how, what it takes. to a professional and win in this league and I think that's a great get for them in that regard. You know, now that I think about it, when you look at the history of LeBron since he went to Miami, once he kind of became yeah. a veteran, he has very little tolerance for young players. You know, yeah. so first of all, when all when Kuzma and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart were tweeting yesterday, we both said, "Boys, you better be careful with your tweets. I don't know how much longer you're going to be on this team." Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, that and, was funny. and secondly, you think about Stevenson, Caldwell Pope, and Rondo. If they checked with LeBron, and I'm not saying LeBron said Magic, go sign these guys, but Magic probably thinking similarly. All three of those guys are, pardon my French, motherfuckers you can send at Steph and at Durant. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, and the exactly. Cavs never had that guy to send at it. No. Now you've got, I mean, no. Caldwell Pope's an athletic 6'6". Stevenson, you know Stevenson would love to blow in Kevin Durant's ear. Oh, that's that's the matchup I can't wait to see. Yes. I can't wait to see. If they get locked up in a seven-game series, Lance Stevenson harassing Kevin Durant the way he used to try and harass LeBron. Right. And see how Durant handles it. Yes. What the response we get. Plus, you got Rondo, the Draymond Green Rondo. Yep. Uh, they got to do it during their series this year in the playoffs. So you've got that history. So it's almost like they went anti-warrior. Yes. These three. I they totally agree with that. You got Dan Stevenson, who is not afraid of anybody, and they've got uh, they bring in Rondo, who again is not afraid to mix it up with Steph Curry. Yep. Uh, Draymond Green, he doesn't care. Yep. He just wants to win. Um, but let me get back to Luke Walton. Yeah. And you met him when we started talking about the team that they're putting together and, and his job as far as. Uh, being able to mesh this group along with the greatest player in the world, how is it that Luke Walton is going to garner any respect from Le- LeBron James? Right. The two of them were drafted in the same class. Right. The two of them came to the league together. When LeBron was just 18 years old, Luke Walton was whatever. But obviously they've gone a little bit different paths. Uh, and I don't know, obviously he comes from the, the tree of Steve Kerr. Yeah. And, um, I think he did a decent job to this point with the young cast of characters that he had. But we're talking LeBron James now. This is a different cat, man. That, that is, uh, a lot of people consider him almost a coach killer yeah. to a certain extent. Yep. Um, it, in a guy that is not hard, or not hard, but definitely not easy yeah. to please when it comes to coaching because he is such a uh, mentally so much above everybody else. When it comes to the game of basketball, so I how was, do you feel Luke Walton fits in? Does he somehow stay, or do, or is he shipped out in some crazy trade? Yeah, no, I think you had a, you had a great point yesterday when we were first talking about this. Like, if I'm Luke Walton, and by God, no means am I Luke Walton NBA coach, but as a basketball coach, you face this when. Let's say your best player, LeBron, is going to have this free reign, which obviously you give him because of his history, his IQ, his ability level. Your challenge is how do I give him free reign without him completely uh, undercutting me visibly to the young kids? Um, So where do you – like that was going to be a challenge. If he kept Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, all these – Josh Hart, all these young kids, how was he going to present that? But now I think his job is doubly hard, and I think you got There might be something amiss if Luke Walton's gone early because how? It's not like Rajon Rondo, McGee, uh, Lance Stevenson haven't been around the block and seen eight, nine coaches each, and are going to sniff out horse shit. You know what I mean? So I think that is a very tenuous situation. I'm sure he's excited about the challenge. But if I was him, boy, I'd keep my resume clean because the first, the 30 games in, if they're 15 and 15 or 16 and 14, the media is going to point at you for not meshing this group. And, you know, LeBron's going to catch flack from Skip Bayless, but because it's going to take a while, just like it did in Cleveland with Kyrie and Love, just like it did with Bosch and Wade. It might take a while. Uh, and I schematically, like Luke Walton's system, I'm sure he's going to adapt. But LeBron's, maybe they're going to adjust his style for the regular season, more of a facilitator off the high post catch. 
because it's not like they have an abundance of shooters to flare and curl and pin down with space like the Warriors. So it'll be interesting. Like, you got Rondo. You can't space Rondo. So if LeBron's running ball screen, you can't put Rondo in the corner. So it it might be – I'll be interested to see what he decides, what he and LeBron – let's not kid ourselves – what they decide to do schematically to make this team work. What about, hey, I got one to drop on you before we wrap this up. We, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Paul George staying in OKC. We didn't get a chance to talk about Kawhi's potential trades to the Lakers or sitting out a year. This just came across the ticker when you pulled into Montana. DeMarcus Cousins to the Warriors on a one-year deal. Are you kidding me? One year, $5.3 million, DeMarcus oh, Cousins to the Warriors. Right? So they get him on an Achilles tear discount. He's playing on a contract year to prove. My only hope for the rest of the league is he can't play till May because of the Achilles. Exactly. exactly. That's, I mean, that, that, wow. The rich just keep getting richer. It's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. But, like you said, it's, it's one year, um, and he's got a bad Achilles. And as we all know, an Achilles tear is not easy to come back from, especially a big guy. Yeah. Uh, that. So we'll see if he's able to come back to the, and be the same player that he was before the injury. Because before he went down, the dude might have been the top big guy in the league, yep. including his teammate at the time, Anthony Davis. Right. I mean, between the two of them, it was it was a toss up on which one was going to dominate that night. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And in, um, let me ask you this: yeah. Steve Kerr's job just got a little harder. I was just going to say that, and, and actually your dad, who was just sitting in here listening in, um, made that point. Yep. He just said he's he's a personality that has to somehow blend with an already really good locker room. Right. But this guy has been, over the course of his career, has never been a great guy in the locker Well, and again, I can't say that I've never been in the locker room with him, but via all the reports you read and things you read, he's just not a great locker room guy. And do you or think DeMarcus Cousins... Guy has ever been the third or fourth option on a team he's on. <laughs> That's the other thing, man. That, 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 how is that going to work? I just don't understand. Obviously, they'll try and make it work. Right. And so is he going to set – DeMarcus Cousins is going to set flare screens on the outside and not post. He's going to set ball screens that don't go to him as the roller. It's interesting. I, I mean, it's. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. Steve Kerr is a great coach. It could end up being holy shit. These guys win seventy five games, or yeah. it could be a real shit show with Demarcus yeah. Cousins not listening to Draymond telling him to rotate the right way. Ooh, exactly. ooh, exactly. hey, exactly. great segment, LeBron to L.A.